0: This is the percentage of U.S. adults who regularly get their news from TikTok by age group. 32 percent of 18 to 29-year-olds get their news from TikTok. 15 percent of 30 to 49-year-olds. Obviously, the numbers get a little bit smaller as the age
1: group goes up. Um, but we have to keep that in mind when the, we see this happening.
0: TikTok, uh, TikTok, TikTok, that's a Chinese entity. They collect all of your information. That's what they're in the business of doing, plus they're in the business of Promoting Chinese views on everything. And so TikTok was the start uh, just before Christmas of this multiplying, uh, this excitement about Osama bin Laden's letter to America that he wrote right after 9 11 of 2001. It is appalling. It's absolutely horrifying that one in five young Americans has a positive view of Osama bin Laden. How did we get here? How did we get here? And what can we do about it? That's what we're going to talk about today. But first, I want to tell you the story of a girl named Charlotte. When Charlotte found out she was pregnant, she was seven weeks along. And in the back of her mind, she thought abortion was the best solution. But after hearing her baby's heartbeat and seeing her beautiful baby on ultrasound, she chose life. Her heart is filled with gratitude for all of you who made it possible. And that's you. Those of you who have been supporting preborn as long as we've been on this podcast. A year ago we started, you are responsible for that because that's something that happened just this past year. So I just can't tell you enough thank yous for your generosity. And of course, we want to keep continuing to give uh, them the support that they need to reach more girls like Charlotte. And if you'd like to help, go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. And of course, as always, things have not changed. Uh, You can call us and leave a message at 662-821-2040. Or you can write us at sandy at afr.net. You can find us on all podcast platforms, but afr.net is our main home because that's American Family Radio. You can hear the show at sandyrios.com. That's my website. And it gives you lots of other information. So that's another way to listen. So um, there you go. I'm going to repeat the phone number again. If you'd like to call us and leave a message, it's 662-821-2040. That's 662-821-2040. Okay, now so sit back and relax and uh, take your pencil and paper out because this is going to be some information that you'll want to share with Other people as we chat with Professor Nicholas Giordano on this bin Laden letter to America on this edition of Sandy Rios 24-7.
1: From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios.
0: We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in DC
1: is Fox
2: News contributor Sandy Rios.
0: The most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness.
3: Well, it all started, Sander, with a 25-year-old L.A. influencer whose TikTok post on the bin Laden letter went viral. So Americans watch about 3 billion hours of TikTok every month. A third get their news there. And that's why this incident in the last 24 hours on social media scares a lot of people. The post linked to a letter written by Osama bin Laden 20 years ago on the web page of a British newspaper. The letter says Jews have no right to be in Israel and blames America for the violence in the Middle East. She says, quote, I need everyone to stop what they're doing right now and go read the letter because, quote, I'm going through like an existential crisis. Well, people did. That video got some 2 million views and 200,000 likes, with most saying they too feel angry, manipulated and lied to by the media and U.S. schools.
2: For someone on TikTok, To somehow suggest that this is America's fault or that Bin Laden, who killed thousands of innocent Americans, was right, is absolutely disgusting. And further evidence that we need to ban TikTok.
3: So the conversation then migrated from TikTok over to Reddit and Twitter, where hundreds of thousands agreed with her video and posted similar views on the anti-American letter, with no context on bin Laden, 9-11, or beheadings celebrated by al-Qaeda.
4: At that point
3: of media consumption, it becomes hard for young people to know that there are disconfirming views out there. And so they tend to believe narratives that they are exposed to through social media and through each other. So TikTok has since taken down that influencer's video saying, quote, the letter she promoted violates rules on supporting terrorism. It happens on every platform, not just ours. So it's TikTok getting a lot of heat on this. That influencer, by the way, Sandra, makes told the L.A. Times she makes about $15,000 or $200,000 a year doing YouTube videos on makeup, diet and fashion, not history.
0: All right, Sandy Reels with you. That's Sandra Smith. Uh, that was her report on Fox News, but uh, that was William Langeaness talking to Sandra Smith. And, of course, that's pretty alarming. That happened also while we were taking a break, and it's important that we review this because we know now that one in five of Generation Z has a positive view of Osama bin Laden. How can that be? How could we have gotten to this point? How could our students actually feel that he's a hero in some manner or form? But it's happening, and so we need to talk about it. Well, uh, one of our favorite guests, at least mine, Nicholas Giordano, joins us this morning. Uh, Nicholas is not only a great guest, he's art- articulate, but he has the passion and the experience uh, to address these kinds of education issues. He is the Campus Reform Higher Education Fellow. He's also a professor of political science at Suffolk Community College, and he's the host of PAS Report podcast, and he joins us this morning. Hi, Nick. Thank you. J- Nicholas, sorry. Thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me, Sandy.
0: Yeah. Well, all right. So you, uh, you're in a classroom. Now, you're, I'm guessing, I don't know, were you, were you in school? Uh, it was school in session when this story broke.
2: No, we were just finishing up, so it was something that I wasn't able to talk to my students about. However, given that it was the fall semester, they did get my 9-11 lesson, which focuses on the formation of al-Qaeda back in the 1980s, how Osama bin Laden became radicalized, the history throughout the late 80s and throughout the 1990s culminating in the September 11th attacks, and then the 20-year war on terror. So my students are actually well-equipped to know what bin Laden is all about. Unfortunately, I can't say the same for the rest of the students in this country.
0: Let me just ask you a, a quick question before we get to content. How many, uh, this is something you can't possibly answer, but how many professors do you think around the country actually teach their students about the real truth about 9-11 and Osama bin Laden? Are there a group of them? Are there, do you know each other? Uh, how, many, how many professors do you think are doing such a thing?
2: Well, I would suspect relatively few. There may be some in Homeland Security uh, programs that are teaching it uh, at the colleges. There may be some that uh, teach courses on terrorism that may focus on it. But as far as general knowledge goes, uh, the vast majority of professors aren't teaching about this. And I even noticed uh, a transformation in my classrooms. You know, when I first began teaching in 2006, and I would talk about al-Qaeda up to 9-11 and everything going on, the the students were really interested in the lecture. I mean, you really saw the emotions come out of them. And it's because they weren't that far removed from September 11th. But in 2017, 2018, I started to notice a a really dramatic change in student behaviors when I was teaching this. It's not that they weren't interested, but they were less interested. And, And it dawned on that they don't have the emotional connection to 9-11 because most of them were actually born after 9-11. So they view it as as a moment in history the way I may view Pearl Harbor, that I'm removed from it. It was a moment in history, horrible that it happened, uh, but not so important in our everyday lives. These students today are all born in a post-9-11 world. They don't have the same uh, appreciation for a pre-9-11 America. They don't understand some of the basic dynamics at play and what's changed since 9-11. And they certainly haven't learned about al-Qaeda because, let's face it, the the media doesn't really focus on it. You know, the students, unfortunately, we have an education system that breeds ignorance. Students don't have the ability to think critically because if they did, they would know that al-Qaeda, the majority of the killings, have been against Muslims, not even Americans or Westerners. It's actually Muslims that have been at the brunt of al-Qaeda's theory. And when we look at Islamic terrorism as a whole, 92.7% of all victims are Arab and Muslim. So these students are clueless when it comes to groups like al-Qaeda.
0: Well, I want a couple of points I want to make. First of all, having lived overseas, I lived in Berlin, Germany, um, which is close to Russia, and I've been... Been to Russia myself to Moscow for about three weeks. I stayed there reporting on some stuff. My point is that these countries remember their wars. Uh, England remembers their wars. They remember their heroes. Uh, the ki- the kids are taught this. It's even if they don't have the emotion, they understand. You know the importance uh, at least by you know by the telling, the emphasis that, of the teachers, which brings me to what I want to ask you. Uh, so by the time they get to you in college and they don't have knowledge or passion i put i place that a lot of it on the blame of their prior education in elementary and uh middle schools and so what what are they learning in elementary and middle schools that makes them so clueless about an event like this
2: well that's a great question and the truth is they're not learning much and i see it every single semester because students can't even pass a basic american citizenship exam And it really is unfortunate. You know, the whole reason for a public education system isn't necessarily about reading, writing, and mathematics. The reason that we built out a public education system was so there could be something that links us together as a society. America is extraordinarily unique. We are different than any other country that exists. We're a whole bunch of people from all these different places that come together and actually make a nation work. That doesn't exist in any other countries and so since we don't have two thousand years of recorded history we don't have shared culture shared traditions we have to have an education system that teaches them the founding of the united states and the short history of the united states and what makes this system works unfortunately they're not getting that and so they're susceptible to bs messaging that's coming out and a lot of people are blaming TikTok and the social media companies for the the Bin Laden support and sympathies that we're seeing. But it's not. It begins in the education system where we have dumbed down our education system to such an extent where there virtually are no standards. Students are just being cycled through the system without learning any facts about this country. And how could you participate in this country? How can you defend the ideals of American values and American principles if you don't know it, if you've never been exposed to it. And that's really a big part of the problem that we're seeing today. Many of the problems that we're witnessing on a societal level today comes from the education system because they've never been educated on America.
0: Yeah. And I want to emphasize what you just said in a different way. I think even our, our founding fathers and past presidents of other you know generations have said the thing that makes Americans Americans is a shared set of ideals. It isn't your color. It's not your race. Uh, it's it's not even now, certainly, your religion. It used to be Christianity, mostly. Now we've got much variety, but it's a it's ideals around the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence. That's why so many immigrants make such great citizens because they they just their hearts beat fast at that story and at those principles of freedom, individual freedom. So that's what we're losing, and so we are losing the glue that holds us together. Well, for a good portion of 2023, Christian Healthcare Ministries has been a good sponsor of Sandy Rios 24-7. You know, they are a wonderful way to provide healthcare for your family outside of the insurance system. And that's a good thing, because insurance companies often will make demands on you, won't pay for tests that you need, uh, will insist that you do certain things and check certain boxes. It really takes away your medical freedom. Christian Healthcare Ministries gives you that freedom. Uh, what you do is you play, pay a monthly fee for the level that you want of coverage, uh, and you then, when you have your medical issue, you actually pay the bill or you take the bill in your name. You hand that bill to Christian Healthcare Ministries. They pay it along with the pool of the resources of Christians around the country. They pay that bill for you. That's how it works. Uh, and uh, you can enroll at any time. You can check them out anytime. And it's the, t- the beginning of the year. You might want to make some changes. Go to chministries.org slash Sandy. That's chministries.org slash Sandy. You wrote an article called Revamp Education to Stop the Cultural Rot. Uh, And by the way, we'll put that on our Facebook page so people can uh, can read that. But you cite Baltimore City schools. I don't know if you can remember those stats right off your head. I've got them in my hand. You say they spend over $21,000 per student, and yet 40% of the students cannot produce a single student proficient in math. You want to say more about Baltimore just as an example of what we're talking about?
2: Well, it's pathetic when we look at the Baltimore school district. So you're talking about a school district that spends upwards of about $22,000 per student in the Baltimore school system, and yet in, I believe it's something like 15 high schools, not a single student, uh, can can meet basic proficiency standards in mathematics. And so what's the point of an education system if students aren't even able to meet basic proficiency levels And this is part of a problem that we're seeing. The Baltimore School District has been plagued with mismanagement of funds and corruption. They would be cycling students through. One student had a GPA that was .14 GPA. Not 1.4. .14 GPA. And yet they were a senior in high school. How could you be a senior in high school and have a .14 GPA? Students simply stopped showing up, and yet they were receiving grades Uh, even though they weren't in the classroom, even though they weren't taking exams and submitting assignments. So this just shows part of the failures, but this is not limited to just Baltimore. It's throughout the entire country. In my state of New York, students perform twice below the national average when it comes to proficiency ratings. And so the New York State Board of Regents decided to redefine what proficiency means. They didn't sit there and say, well, we got to solve this crisis that students aren't learning. Instead, they simply dropped the standards to make it as if there's no problems. And their justification for doing this was to reflect what they deemed as the new normal coming out of the coronavirus. You have Oregon. And Oregon, they have now suspended graduation requirements to 2029, where students no longer have to demonstrate a proficiency in reading, writing, and mathematics. Uh, Until 2029. Now, the justification they're using is that this is meant to help minority students. That's highly insulting because what they're saying is that minority students cannot compete with their white counterparts. Not only is it insulting, it's actually racist when you think about what they're saying. That we can't have standards because minority students can't achieve those standards. My students are mixed, okay? I have about uh, 40% Hispanic, 20% black, 40% white. And when I look at my students, they they can compete against each other. They, there's not one particular race or culture that's smarter than another one. They're all capable if they put in the effort. And I, I argue in the piece that any official that says that we have to lower standards, they should not be in the field of education. They need to immediately be terminated. They should not have any say in the education system because they're actually doing more harm than good. We, we need people that believe in the student body, that students can compete, that they can perform, regardless of barriers they may face. You know, the Pygmalion effect is real. If we implement high standards, well, it forces students to try and achieve those high standards. And so you see student impo- performance increase. Unfortunately, we're going backwards, where many of the officials in charge of the education system Believe in lower standards.
0: Well, an example of that is that medical schools. Remember, they dropped some course bio something that was too hard for minorities. That was the claim, and so Organic they decided chemistry. not Yeah, so they decided not to make it mandatory. And so, what kind of doctors are we producing? This has real world effects, and I want to make one other comment. History is something that. We, my husband and I love, and of course, we, we watch a lot of, uh, we've been a lot of places, and we have, uh, Bruce is especially my husband, an expert at wars, and I kind of probably am a, lay, am a lay expert on that. But the thing that we notice is that these totalitarian regimes, and it needs to be repeated, I think, since people can't seem to remember it, they always target the youth. They always target the youth. Hitler had a Hitler youth, they targeted the youth to propagandize them and turn them against their parents. Uh, the Russians, communists, did the same thing, the Communist Party, Russia. So is that, is that, do you think, what we're seeing here a little bit?
2: It is to a large degree. I mean, listen, ultimately, in a free society, the people are the ones that defend the idea, the concepts of liberty and freedom. And James Madison said, a diffusion of knowledge is the only guardian of true liberty. You had John Adams who said children should be educated and instructed on the principles of freedom. And they believed this way because they understood the importance of these values. Well, now consider that we don't really teach American government anymore the way we should teach it. We don't teach about American values and American principles. And this is what has led to the cultural rot. This is what has led to so many Americans that are willing to give up their freedoms because they believe that the government is the one that solves the problems. They believe that government is the only one, the all-powerful entity that could fix societies. They don't realize that it's the people. That's what makes our country so unique. Our constitution is the only constitution in the world that limits government power. It's not the government that dictates to us what we can do. We dictate to the government what it can do. And that's what makes us uh, extraordinarily unique We have the oldest codified constitution in the entire world, despite being one of the youngest countries of the world. And that's something that we should celebrate. But the students are not being educated on these values. And that's why you see numbers, and we reported at Campus Reform, where only 37% of Americans feel it's important to be patriotic to the nation. Most Americans are now Uh looking at it and saying that we should amend the First Amendment, uh, refined freedom of speech to ban offensive and hate speech. And again, talking about the failures within the education system and the lack of uh, the ability to think critically, well, who gets to determine what's offensive, what's hateful? They don't even see that it will be those in power that are the ones that determine these things. But they don't see it. They just look at the superficial nonsense that's being fed to them.
0: Okay, and so back to the Osama bin Laden TikTok, uh, this this repeating of his letter to America and the praising of it by so many kids, uh, the real world real world consequences can be seen on college campuses, in the streets of New York and major cities around the country. Houston, we have a problem. Now you have some solutions, lots of solutions here, actually. And, uh, uh, Nicholas, I would just love to hear, at, at least in part, some of the major things that you think we could do to stop this.
2: Well, I, I think the first thing we need to do is to rid our education system of the diversity, equity, and inclusion movement. That, that's a toxic movement that breaks us down into tribes that tries to label people as either oppressor or oppressed, that has created this victim of culture that exists out there and, and has fostered this sense of entitlement uh, amongst an entire generation. I think that the diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, movement has created enormous harm to our society. So I think that we need to rid ourselves of that movement. And uh, proponents of DEI will say, well, you just want to whitewash American history. Here's what I can tell you as an educator. Students know more about slavery, about Native Americans. They know about Japanese internment camps than they do about the Constitution of the United States. So we are already teaching those things. We, we teach the good, the bad. We teach the totality of American government and American history. So I think when you get rid of the diversity, equity, and inclusion, inclusion movement, I think that will significantly fix some of the problems that we're witnessing. I also think that we need higher standards throughout the education system. These standards have been dumbed down for far too long. We need high standards. We've got to get the students to read more. Students do not read anything, and therefore their writing abilities are absolutely terrible, and they can't think critically anymore. And we see this with the letter to, that Bin Laden wrote, right? They take it They read bin Laden's letter, and they say, oh, I now sympathize with Osama bin Laden. They don't look at it as a piece of propaganda from bin Laden. They just take what he says, and they try and run with it. They never ask themselves, well, bin Laden's been around and started al-Qaeda in the 1980s, and yet he never really brought up the Jewish people all that much. He never really brought up the state of Israel. He only did so after 9-11. Is that because he's trying to gain recruits for al-Qaeda, trying to get the rest of the Arab world to try and rally around him? And they don't look at it as a piece of propaganda. So we have to have higher standards and get students to start to think. We have to get back to the idea of academic excellence, mm-hmm. not lowering standards. And then I think the third thing we've got to look at is funding. The funding mechanisms for the education system, particularly at the higher education level. If schools want to push anti-American sentiment in their lesson plans, why should taxpayers have to fund that? (laughs) To me, that's completely ridiculous. Uh, So I, I think we really have to look at the funding mechanisms to the schools and determine how we begin to prioritize. And I think at this point, when it comes to higher education, their public funds should start getting cut off for the research grants and everything, because that will make the colleges... Start to change their ways for the k-12 through 12 level i believe that we need to have parent choice that parents deserve the opportunity to send their child to a school that they think best suits their child and it doesn't necessarily have to be to a private school if the neighboring district in the public school is doing better than your current district you should be able to send your child to the neighboring district if the tax dollars follow the students you'll start to see a behavior uh, change in the behaviors of these schools.
0: Yeah, well, that's great. And, you know, I think of, excuse me, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. Uh, This doesn't have to be a federal thing is what my point, is going to be my point. States can do this. Uh, Local school boards can do this. You guys can exercise, flex your muscles, and stop the money flowing to this kind of garbage and stop thinking that not in my school, doesn't happen in my school. I guarantee you probably – Almost 100 percent of your schools, elementary, middle school, are completely corrupted by this stuff. And one last thing, uh, this uh, whole diversity, equity, inclusion, I have to say this, is at the heart of Marxism. It's uh, uh, oppressed, the oppressed and the oppressors. They they think of, it's a class warfare. It's classic Marxism. That's what they're doing, just in fancy terms for our modern day United States. So, um, Nicholas, it's just such a pleasure to talk to you. I think... um, The article is Revamp Education to Stop the Cultural Rot. Um, You have to know that campus reform has been around for a long time. They are a great entity exposing things that are happening on college campuses around the country. And don't forget that Nicholas hosts the PAS Report podcast, the PAS Report podcast. Well, Nicholas, uh, maybe uh, if we get, um, well, this is kind of fantasy, I think, but if we get a good president coming up, it would be great to have you. No- I'm going to nominate you for Secretary of Education. If if I nominate you, will you, will you accept the position?
2: Uh, sure, I would. <laughs> and listen, I always say education is so important because the downfall in our education system signifies the downfall of a nation. Yes. So if we want to become a strong, vibrant nation again, we need to fix the corruption within the education system. I, I think that's one of the most important issues going into 2024.
0: Yeah, I agree with you completely. All right, uh, Professor Nicholas Giordano, thank you so much, and uh, may God bless and protect you in the coming year. Thank you, sir.
2: Thank you. You as well. This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio. Sandy
0: Rios back with you. We've been talking about preborn since the time we started on this show. They've been our sponsor, our very first sponsor. I've been so honored to have them as a sponsor. And so many of you have been just incredibly generous, and that's why so many women have decided to not terminate the lives of their babies once they see them on ultrasound. So I have a challenge for you because I know some of you are more financially stable or maybe more prosperous than others of you. If you're one of those prosperous persons, would you consider a leadership gift to save babies in a bigger way? And that would be a tax-deductible donation of $5,000. Uh, that will support Preborn's entire network for 24 hours, helping to rescue, on average, 200 babies. To donate, all you have to do is go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy, and let them know that you would, you would love to do that. Uh, also, of course, if that's more than you can afford, then give what you can. Go to com slash Sandy. That's
1: com slash Sandy. Oh, my God. The video's viral this morning.
0: I need you to stop what you're doing and go read A Letter to America.
1: Referencing Osama bin Laden's so-called Letter to America, written by the late terrorist leader about a year after the 9-11 attacks. And now... The propaganda getting new attention on social media in the wake of the Israel-Hamas war. Bin Laden in the decades-old letter criticizing U.S. support for Israel and its policies on Palestinian territories and citing anti-Semitic and homophobic tropes. The way this letter is going viral right now is giving me the greatest sense of relief. The Guardian, which published the letter in 2002, now removing it, criticizing how it's been widely shared without the full context. And TikTok now stripping the hashtag letter to America from its search function. New research shows searches for bin Laden up 400 percent on YouTube and on X, formerly Twitter, references to him up 4000 percent since Tuesday. One journalist's post on that platform compiling some of the videos, getting more than 25 million views. TikTok saying interest spiked only after tweets and media attention from fewer than two million views to more than 13 million on its app. A spokesperson telling NBC News content promoting this letter clearly violates our rules on supporting any form of terrorism, adding "They're proactively and aggressively removing it. YouTube saying our community guidelines apply consistently guidelines which prohibit terrorist content. X did not respond to our request for comment. The issue reaching even the White House with the spokesperson saying there is never a justification for spreading the repugnant, evil and anti-Semitic lies that the leader of Al Qaeda issued just after committing the worst terrorist attack in American history. It all comes as demonstrations pro-Israeli and pro-Palestinian stretch coast to coast. All right. That was NBC News.
0: And as I said earlier with uh, Nicholas Giordano, these things have real world consequences. Don't think there's not a reason why our young people are in the streets uh, protesting against Israel and in support of Hamas. There's a reason for that. And one last thing before I bring Bruce into the conversation, the minute, the administration's weighing in because this is a big dust-up, and yet the reality is the Biden administration is supporting Iran in every way they possibly can, pumping them up, uh, giving them—they've uh, Filled their coffers with oil money. They are relieving the sanctions on nuclear, them developing a nuclear weapon, and they feel the exact same way Osama bin Laden feels. Uh, nothing. That's no difference. It's very hypocritical. So don't be deceived by words. Words flapping of the jaw coming out of the Biden White House. Uh, Bruce, I, I've asked. Uh, I've asked my husband, Bruce, former FBI agent. We met right after nine eleven. Uh, so. <sighs> First of all, I guess one thing I want to ask you, Bruce, because there are a lot of people listening who might not actually be able to spout off bullet points to their children or facts about why Osama bin Laden is not a hero. Can you just give us an idea?
4: I think we need to remember that Osama bin Laden was the founder of al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda is a terrorist organization. Now, when they first were born... They were fighting the Russians who had invaded Afghanistan. And I think as a as a country, we sort of cheered them on. They, they were sort of like the, freedom, the fighters. freedom fighters. They were portrayed in that way. However, they are much more than that, and it's much more insidious than that. And um, as the professor stated, al-Qaeda has killed more Muslims than Westerners. They are thugs, and they rule the uh, drug trade in Afghanistan by... Um, enslaving their own people, and if they won't uh, agree to be enslaved, they'll kill them. Um, the, Al-Qaeda and Osama bin Laden were behind the 9-11 attack. And I think it's interesting what the professor pointed out in that his students that were born post-9-11 have really not much passion to learn about it. And you th- think about that. They are in 45-minute radius of New York City. It's hard to believe that in only 20 years the way this worm has turned from uh, that attack uniting our country and really making everyone um, kind of think the same way to now we've completely flipped that. And what, what, what is scary to me is that consider the messenger in this scenario. It's a 25-year-old Internet influencer on TikTok yeah. who normally speaks about makeup diet, and fitness. But all of a sudden, she decides to post this letter 20 years later that Osama bin Laden wrote. And I fear our children are are like lemmings. Anything they hear from these influencers, they take as raw truth, and they believe it wholeheartedly.
0: It's true, and it's really it's very frightening. I want to say one other thing. Al-Qaeda, founded by bin Laden is the strain of Islam that takes the Quran literally. And by that what we're trying to say is what they do is they believe in killing or conquering the infidel. Who's the infidel? That's anyone who's not of their stripe. Muslims who don't take the Quran quite as seriously, who say they're peaceful, they are the, they're the ones that are being killed. Uh, it's people who are not they they believe in beheading that you deserve death, you should be beheaded. Uh, they, have, they have some really horrible plans for uh, all of us. Muslim Brotherhood here in this country is a branch of al-Qaeda. So I just want to make that clear. This is a very dangerous situation.
4: And if you read that letter from Osama bin Laden, in that letter he cites the Koran uh, several times as the justification for the killing of Westerners. Um, he uh, wants to initiate Sharia law across the world. Now, think about that. That's the oppression of women, uh, all these liberal groups that are, are standing up for, uh, quote-unquote, the oppressed Palestinians. <laughs> Under Sharia law, gay people would be killed, uh, fornicators would be killed. There are innumerable things that would be done to people that are out there in the streets protesting for the Palestinians. And again, I, th- I think it speaks to our ignorance because of our education system not teaching what real, I know this is a term that a lot of people don't like, but real American values.
0: Yes. No, it's right. It's the thing, as we talked about with uh, Professor Giordano, it's the thing that unites us as a country, and we are losing that glue thanks to our education system. It's, again, that long march through the institutions that marks us too. I've talked about that many, many times and they have marched full throttle through the education system, and we are teetering on the brink of disaster because of it. Um, anything else, honey, about, that you, about the letter that you want to mention, or any, any final thoughts?
4: Well, the letter is a, is a typical Marxist-type thinking. It talks about the oppressor and the oppressed, and what it talks about is that the West, meaning the United States and its allies, are the oppressor, and that Muslim people or Islamic people are the oppressed, and it plays on the same heartstrings that um, our kids use against us, really, in, in many times. They'll say, oh, you know, white supremacists are oppressing people or uh, Republicans are rep- are uh, preventing people from voting, things that, you know, <laughs> there's just not a factual basis to back that up.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting, Bruce, I just, uh, we we need to wrap up. But you and I have been watching, as we love shows about East Germany, because I lived in Berlin, we've been watching a flurry of shows about East Germany after the war and during the war. And one of the things that you see, and especially in East Germany after the war, is the brainwashing of the communists on the leaders there. Uh, Defying, like the people are beginning to starve because the farms are failing the crops are failing, the machinery is breaking, but they will not, they think capitalism is their enemy. Capitalism is their enemy. And so they are destroying their country, all the while saying they're saving their country. It's twisted, and that's what's happening here, just different details. So, honey, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much.
4: Thank you, and I wanted to wish everyone out there a yes. very good new year, 2024. Yeah. I hope it's a blessing for all of you.
0: Yes, very good, honey. I want to thank you for listening, for sure, to Sandy Rios 24-7 this year. We want to thank you again for doing that. And remind you, you can call us at six six two eight two one two zero four zero. You can write us at Sandy at AFR.net. You can listen on any podcast platform. You can go to Sandy Rios 24-7 and listen, and you can go to AFR.net. That's our home base, and listen there as well. I want to thank my advertisers, Preborn, Preborn, who shows uh, moms who are confused about their pregnancy a picture, an ultrasound of their baby, and most of those moms choose life. So that's freeborn.com slash Sandy. If you want to help us do more of that, freeborn.com slash Sandy. Christian Healthcare Ministries, uh, that's the ministry that provides uh, a way to pay for your medical bills that's outside of the insurance system and is just praised by the people that are inside of that. Christians who help each other pay their medical bills. Go to chministries.org slash Sandy. And meanwhile, thank you for listening to today's edition of Sandy Rios 24-7.